Welcome to Movies with Heart. I'm your host, Sam Fullhart, joined, as always, by my Nazi-killing co-host, Paul Fullhart. Uh, no relation. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, sorry. You know, what, what you, movie are we talking about that, that inspired that, that yeah, in, intro? I hope you're okay with me revealing that detail yeah. about you. You you only kill Nazis, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, I have okay. my I have my standards. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we we're talking about none other than 2009's Inglorious Bastards. Uh, this, well, yeah. Well, Paul, what's uh, what is your, what's your history with Inglorious Bastards? Yeah. So, so this was a big movie for me. Uh, I saw it not not when it first came out. I was a little too young for that. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, later on in life, this is my first Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, this is, I'd say, one of my first more, I guess, like artsy movies where it's, you know, something different than just your standard like flow of time in a movie. You can have something like the little things where text slams onto the screen and there did, you know, I, I just I hadn't been exposed to like, I guess, yeah, the more, you know, slightly less mainstream film that you can tie styles and stuff so this was and just to quentin tarantino's style in general so this this was a big one i also first time i was actually you you were there (laughs) (laughs) that was the first time and i came in at the introduction of uh stieglitz and just seeing that scene i was like holy cow this this is like something um this is just such a high energy level so i mean it, it just knocked my socks off and i immediately went and watched the whole thing and yeah, it's honestly one of my favorite movies. Uh, so, so yeah, what, what about you? Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of remember that time that you watched it with me. And I think that there, were, there was a three-day period where I watched it three times. Uh, <laughs> once <laughs> wow. each night. Um, yeah, so this was also one of the, the first kind of artsy movies that I saw. So I had... I had just finished high school. It was the summer before college. I think I was only a couple weeks away from starting college. And I had seen the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. That came out in, I think, 2007 or so. And I had seen Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. And, and okay. you know, the, the Nolan Batmans, too, were kind of in that similar, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of artsy director. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I was just... I was I was starting to become aware of you know this kind of thing that, yeah, that broadening could, horizons broadening my horizons about, yeah there's more there yeah, yeah and um and yeah this movie just blew my mind there were so many things where I thought oh how can you do that but I love it um the yeah the Hugo Stiglitz where it's just there's a scene happening they've captured a bunch of Nazis and then they they mention Hugo and then they just just like zoom in on him with big text and then we just get a little backstory about Hugo and then go back to the main yeah. thing. There's no real reason like we don't need this information, but it's just so cool. And oh, there's so many things like that in this movie. The the choice of songs. This is also a movie that really. This is one of the first movies I think where I just was so into the soundtrack and I was so into the way that Tarantino just picked songs that were cool that didn't, you know, there's a, there's a David <laughs> Bowie song in this world war two movie. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this, this just, 
this just opened up a whole new world to me. And I still, even after seeing all of Tarantino's movies, I still, I still love it. Uh, yeah, this, this is still my, this is my favorite Tarantino and potentially just one of my overall favorite movies. So it, and you know, maybe I'm a little sentimental cause um, yeah, like like we've been saying, it's kind of kind of, kind of my my first time um, <laughs> with the, <laughs> the new, you know, kind of broadened my horizons of movies of what can and you know broke the rules of what could be in a, in a movie. Uh, so I'm I'm super, you know, I'm yeah, I'm 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 very excited to revisit this one. It's a, it's one that I do watch all the time, but I think I always I still get more from it when, when I watch it. There's thing new things that I uh, notice. How long has it been since you've seen it last? I think I'm at like three years, so decent cold spell. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm at uh, four or five years, So, okay. which I think that's probably yeah. the longest time that I've gone since first seeing the movie. So I'm, I'm due. And uh, mm-hmm. I should probably say we're, we're going to do a little mini series here. Um, you know, we, we, just did, we just did Batman. Now we're, we're going to do kind of... Uh, Big name directors, directors who have already have a large body of work, you know, generally older directors, though not necessarily that old. Um, but they're still alive. They're, still, they're all still alive. <laughs> if any of these directors dies uh, during the yep. course of the series, then they're out. Um, yeah, we're canceling so, the episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's Francis Ford Coppola. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Coppola's got to hang on for another, yep. another few crossed. months. Um, <laughs> And yeah, uh, we, we, you know, uh, yeah, I think we're going to do some movies that kind of, that were, were really pivotal in terms of bringing us into this world. So that was part of the reason why we wanted to do Inglorious Bastards was it was the first Tarantino movie we saw. And yeah, it just, uh, you know, blew both of our minds in terms of, of what you can do in a movie. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to be we're covering... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. And saying, yeah, we're gonna. It's gonna be a little random as far as which movies we choose. You know, kind of just be whatever movie spoke to us from from their filmography. Or in a few cases, I haven't seen <laughs> some movies from these directors, or it's been a very long time uh, since I've seen them. So they just um, a little bit of like, yeah, this is the movie from this director that I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. So. And I think in all those cases, they're movies that I have seen and that were really special to me. So Mm -hmm. should we retroactively include the Big Lebowski in this? I mean, I think we're going to do another Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, we're going to do another one, but we'll still count it. Okay. (laughs) The the, the judge called it safe. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I I mean, I did see, I saw the Big Lebowski before watching Inglorious Bastards. So it was a... Around and, and it was probably only like a few weeks before, actually. Um, okay. Although for whatever reason, the first time I watched the Big Lebo- the Big Lebowski, some of the oddities just didn't. Uh, they, they didn't, you know, blow my mind the yeah. way that uh-huh. uh, that Inglorious Bastards <laughs> did. So, um, yeah, do, Paul, do you have anything else to say before we get watching? No, I'm ready to watch. I, I am stoked. All right, let's. Uh, Let's scalp us some Nazis. <laughs> exactly. Some Nazis, <laughs> Nazi scalps. Some Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Nazis, Sorry. Come on. <laughs> Excuse my pronunciation. That was, uh, oh, that was poor. I'll get it right next time. <laughs>
And we're back from watching Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Paul, what did you think on this rewatch? Sam, uh, I was I I enjoyed it so much. Um, I think every time I watch this movie, I get more out of it. I think there's there's a lot there. Um, It's it's intense. I think there was some jokes that maybe landed harder than ever before. Um, I think in particular, there's this one at the end when um, I'll explain it later. It's all good. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, I I also really enjoyed it. And, you know, I. Yeah, I think um, I, I definitely got more things out of it on this rewatch. And I, yeah, um, I have, I, I, I've, some of the Tarantino revenge fantasy historical revision stuff can bother me a little bit, it, especially with Django Unchained. But for, for whatever reason, it doesn't bother me as much in this movie. Um, and I, I think maybe because it is so removed from the historical reality. But yeah, but I really, really enjoy this movie. I think even though it's like two and a half hours long, doesn't drag at all. Every scene is so tense and so exciting. And yeah, just uh, pretty awesome all around. Um, so let's uh, let's just get into it. Uh, I I mean... Maybe. I can give, I'll give a quick, quick summary. Oh, yeah, case, that's a good idea. In case someone's yeah. out of the loop. All right. So yeah. it's World War II, uh, but this time it's different. We have, um, we start off, we have this intense, uh, they call him the Jew Hunter, uh, played by Christoph Waltz. Uh, he's going around uh, Germany-occupied France and trying to find Jews. So he's going around in bad. And then on the other side, we have... Uh, the in- titular and glorious bastards, um, and they're they're a group of uh, U.S. soldiers that are all of uh, Jewish descent, or just some other random people they grabbed along the way. And is and Aldo Rain supposed to be Jewish? Yes. Really? Okay. I, <laughs> Don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the- theoretically, they're all of Jewish descent, and so they're they're in like a guerrilla tactics. Um, special forces team going tearing it up through Germany, building a big reputation. Um, and then you have on the third side, you have uh, Shoshana. She's a Jewish person hiding in France who owns a theater. Um, and then her family was of, killed by by uh, Hans. Hans, yeah, yeah. And so all of these uh, three parties collide at a movie premiere of the Nation's Pride. A fake war propaganda film um, and Hitler's going to be there and people are looking to kill him. And so, yeah, that's that. That's basically uh, um, <laughs> the quick the quick summary of the movie. Um, it's a very as you can hear from from the subject matter. It's a pretty um, yeah, it walks a fine line <laughs> to dealing with this type of historical matter. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, um, how about we get into a little more of just the structure of the story? And it's broken down into five different chapters. And um, each, uh, I, I like the way the, the movie is introduced, by the way. To, it says, Once Upon a Time in Nazi Occupied France. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought, <laughs> um, having a, a, I think it kind of tells you right off the bat 
that this is uh this is not trying to be um you know historically accurate this is supposed to be some you know some kind of fable um yeah exactly and um, i think he almost even named it that That oh really yeah and then obviously it continues the trend into like once upon a time in hollywood or whatever yeah he's making sure you know that it's a it's a story not a a real occurrence of events exactly yeah um so so each each chapter kind of has its own um you know internal structure you're and and I think every chapter except for the last one were introduced to at least one, like often multiple central characters. And so we kind of were we get it, you know, an introduction to a scene, to characters, and then some kind of there's some kind of um, you know, conflict. Uh and then, you know, there's a there's a climax and then it resolves itself. Um I think so what do you think about the the opening chapter uh where Hans goes and um finds the the Jewish family that the the French family's uh been sheltering um how do yeah how do you think of, how do you think just in terms of oh, setting man. up the I rest mean, of the movie I mean I I think it's one of the best like opening scenes of a movie um <laughs> to, to be honest like it's you know if i could go back and rewatch it for like the the very first time you watch this scene is just so good i mean it's still really good on later viewings but i think the the first time is when you can really see it the way it was intended um i think it's just the way it sets it up where it's very quiet um you you know we have some build-up where we see the nazi soldiers driving up you get your like western type music um it's kind of going and then you know hans um Monde, he's so like he acts he's like a mundane like like bureaucrat kind of like he's it's to him you know he he's he treats everything just like just the his yeah his his approach to everything is so interesting and then we get into the house and all of a sudden the music stops and it's just like dead silence for the next while and then in the back and forth as um i think in in the dialogue um hans refers to nazis as hawks um and i think that's basically the right word for in this one it's basically hans circling above his prey um the throughout throughout the scene and slowly kind of getting closer and closer as the scene goes on um yeah. What did, so I you were saying he's a mundane bureaucrat? Um what that doesn't he uh I mean, he is he is a he is kind of a bureaucrat, but why uh like he like he's treating the subject matter of hunting down Jews as like for all you know, he could be consulting about like his taxes or something. The way he's talking oh, about it. He's yeah. he's talking about it like that yeah, like it could be yeah, like like it's just say something the most, that has like, to be done. Yeah, there's like there's been some turnover. They have some new people. They got to repeat some of their um, uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be some duplication of efforts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I think I mean, he's really I mean, maybe we should just talk about Hans right now. Um, mm-hmm. He's. He, I, he is a he is a, he's a great uh, just, I guess, likable uh, villain character. Um I mean, he's 
he's so uh <laughs> likable might not be the right word yeah he's, he's a great he's a really good character he uh-huh. i mean he has his charms and he's mm-hmm. you know i, I think it, it it's kind of all under the like the the french guy knows why he's there everyone knows mm-hmm. what what's really going on so it is kind of he's putting on this affect of being so charming and so you know, grateful um, to the French family for letting him come into the house. But it's all kind of under the, you know, everyone knows they don't have any choice in this matter. And he's looking, um, you know, to see if there are any Jews to murder. Um, I definitely don't find Hans likable, just so <laughs> people. Um, but he and uh, yeah, I he's also kind of I mean, he he drinks a glass of milk. He smokes this like massive pipe um i sometimes felt like he was kind of they they were kind of trying to make him a little uh effeminate and kind of i mean he's kind of a flamboyant guy honestly um i'm not saying that he's gay but he's kind of uh kind of like what you think of as like the the Euro the european like um you know you know what i'm talking about kind of (laughs) Okay, Maybe I'm not articulating it very well. Um, no, I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm fully gonna. I guess buy in, but but yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I think it's so interesting the way that they're talking about this, and I think it's just it's so like dehumanizing. Cause, you know, we're talking yeah. about the sub. The subject matter is like hunting down and killing Jews and he's treating it like he's there's like a clerical heir or something and he's right. having to do like an audit or like an accounting audit or something and it's just like oh this little matter I need to take care of and I think yeah and then like you said we see so much of like um the like power dynamics where Hans is acting like he, the guy's being a gracious host but really he like whatever Hans says the guy has to do yeah. um and so we've had this dialogue for a good good while now and then this is when the movie really or the scene really reframes itself which is what's really cool about a lot of scenes in this movie is it will go on for a while and you'll be watching the scene under one a certain like i guess pretext and like viewpoint and then it will recontextualize itself um and so in this case and it does these kind of single shots where the movie pans down from yeah. the room and so it's this interesting thing where obviously you can't like actually you know go from one floor in a house to the basement <laughs> or whatever uh, yeah. you're like seeing a wall in between um but i think it, it does this like one shot thing that's so i think so interesting and there you see that it's, that it's a jewish family hiding under the floor boards of the scene and it shows them and then it pans back up and all of a sudden you're like whole like you thought that they might, you know, you thought he's probably hiding something, but when you yeah. like see it right there, that's right. why I think this scene for the first time is, you know, extra effective when you have, don't fully know until you get to that part. And then like the sense of dread is yeah. just accelerated so much at that point. Um, right. Well, and I, yeah. Um, and, and as it's starting to pan, I feel like, Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm projecting, but I feel like you kind of know what is coming. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I also really like in that scene, they switch to speaking in English 
And it's kind of funny at first. It's like, oh, you know, this is a way for, uh, you know, primarily an English audience to be able to hear the characters talking and not have to read subtitles. But then you find out the reason that he did that was because he assumed that the the Jewish people who were hiding in the house would not be able to understand English. And so if they talked in English, and he also knows that the French guy, I wish I, Lapidite? Mm-hmm. Lapidite. <laughs> Lapidite. Uh, he knows that this French guy <laughs> speaks English. So so I, I like that you, that it actually has, um, mm-hmm. it has a, there's a, a reason why they switched to English that makes yeah. sense uh, in the story, um, but it also is kind of nice as an <laughs> audience member. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I think, I, I mean, I think it's interesting too that it starts off this way because, um, you know, one common criticism of the movie is that it's, you know, dealing with the Holocaust and it's not taking that subject seriously enough. Um, and I think in, at least in this first scene, it is really kind of giving you like, uh, you know, a depiction of like the horror of, um, you know, being found Mm -hmm. out and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, um, it shows like the Nazis can just, they do whatever they want, you know? Yeah. He's going to come, you know? check out the place and there's really nothing they can do about it. They just have to accept that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think even though there's some other like more like violent and more intense things in later, I think this first scene is like, I think this is the most like serious scene of the, the Oh movie. yeah. Um, By a lo- I mean, I think <laughs> I, I was wondering at times, is this sometimes it like especially since the very next chapter is the introduction to the bastards <laughs> and that's probably the most just well maybe that's maybe the final chapter is the most comical but the, they're just if it does feel like a very different we just have yeah. these like bloodthirsty americans led by this guy with a like really exaggerated hillbilly accent I mean, it does. It feels it's a it's a pretty abrupt transition. Um, yeah, I, don't know. Do, um, do I think wanna... like I think Hans helps it because even in this first scene, he has some like you know it's pretty dark, but he has some like you know he has some humorous kind of things that he says. That's I true. guess so. So it helps. It's, you know, I, you know, it's on one side of the spectrum and the next scene's going to be on the complete other side. I, yeah, it definitely, it's a little bit jarring, I think, especially like the first time when you're not, when you've just gone through the scene. Um, yeah, I think it, I think for, for me, it, it works just, um, and that since it is, uh, like a story, I, I think you know, you've kind of, you've established the, the big bad and then now we're going to have a little more fun with, yeah. <laughs> you know, but in the next one, because I think the thing that kind of works is it helps you hone in on what is the kind of overall tone of the movie and it's somewhere in the middle where, you know, we have these guys with their, they're so bombastic and exaggerated and we get a, um you know, a Hugo Stieglitz character introduction video or whatever. Um, but then at the same time, they are like, they're, they're literally scalping Nazis. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, mean, like uh, on the on the same yeah at the same time there is that going on. So so there's some of the um, right dark. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that they're scalping the Nazis. It's kind of like Tarantino was trying to have them sort of be like this is also like Native Americans getting vengeance <laughs> on the white man or something. I, I don't know. It feels like, and, and he says that Aldo rain is, has some, uh, Apache ancestry mm-hmm. or something. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess in the first, I mean, the first scene, it is kind of, I mean, there's uh spaghetti Western music playing. It's shot a lot like a Western, like where you yeah. have the, you see this so much in Westerns where there's like a homestead and then you can see some uh, people in the distance approaching and, you you know, you know, it's it's not good. Um, and then you have I mean, it's all it's honestly a lot like the good, the bad and the ugly um, first scene. Have you seen that, Paul? I, I haven't, but I totally. Yeah, I know. I there's know a long drawn out yeah. conversation exactly. where there's a lot of tension. And then it ends in violence. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's like kind of inevitable and something that we know it's coming. It also even from the beginning, it does the opening credits, which I thought you know it it did come out in two thousand nine. So I think this is after when this was really be done. So it really seemed more like a homage to like westerns or whatever, where it starts out with this like kind of western themed music, and it has this really long like title credits thing it goes through yeah. like a lot of people in the movie um and it just and it's literally just like a pretty much like a black screen um, with yeah. their names it's not like anything we're not even like seeing like the visuals of the french countryside or anything in this scene um and i, I just think it helped to just kind of establish the tone and kind of get a feel for you know like the kind of western vibe of the movie right right there was one thing in the credits that I, I, I I'm sure that this is that, that other movies have done this and Tarantino's referencing it, but it says guest starring for some of mm-hmm. the actors. It's like, what? there's only, this is all, there's only the one movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In what sense are they guest starring? <laughs> um, yeah. I'd never noticed that for whatever reason until this watching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you, what did you think of the introduction of the bastards? And I, I guess, w- yeah, what do you think about the the bastards in general? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really really strong introduction. I, I think you know, first we get them when they're they're in America. We get Aldo Rain, you know, giving him. It's like that classic military scene where they're all in a yeah. line and he's doing his military person stuff. But it's Aldo Rain, <laughs> so he has his ridiculous accent. Um, <laughs> and, so we kind of get that. Um, and then I think that, you know, um, when we get to the actual fighting, you know, it's like this forest ambush. I think that, you know, it helps show, you know, establish that, you know, they're kind of they're using like guerrilla type tactics the, in the countryside. And then we get um, I think that so so I think that's going strong. But then it, it really takes off when you start getting stuff. Like it turns to Hugo Stiglitz and they're like talking about him and it's like just then the text comes onto the screen like we were talking about yeah. earlier. And, and, and we it's get like this... black exploitation music playing. Yeah. So then you get like a totally different like 70s, uh, you know, low budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and Samuel like L. Jackson's narrating too. 
Yep. <laughs> I love, love the narration of Samuel. And it's just like a montage of Hugo Stiglitz just killing these yeah. Nazi officers. Just I feel one like, after another. <laughs> I feel like that's another big <laughs> fantasy element of it. Just kind of focusing on this German, you know, guy who was, you know, forced to enlist as a Nazi. And then he wanted nothing to do with it and just brutally murdered as many Nazis as he could. So it's kind of a little bit of a fantasy for, I feel like for the, you know, the, the German person who, who uh, stood up to the Nazis and didn't go along with it. Um, yeah, but it takes a little bit of Tarantino twist. I don't think the movie never quite says that he's killing the German officers because he's against what they're doing. He, the, the movie oh. might leave it that he's just a psychopath that is just killing people because he likes killing people. And you think he just he joined up with the bastard just so that he wouldn't get killed? Huh. Yeah, I guess, you know, he could be, you know, it could be either one. But I think it, it never like clearly states that he was against Nazis and Hitler. It, it only says that he just started killing <laughs> German officers and the way he acts where he's just kind of sharpening his knife in the corner. <laughs> I think it's kind of the joke is that you kind of would think that on first glance, oh, maybe he's doing it because of that. And then you like really look at the way he's acting and the way he looks at people. He might just like have a lust for killing people. And this is just a way for them to like it can be his outlet. <laughs> His yeah. creative outlet, if you will. But, well, yeah, that, that's true. It, it's not totally clear. I, I think, mm. I don't know. I, I think the fact that he stays with them and he seems pretty loyal to them. I, yeah, well, they, they, I have took, a, they have a similar taste and they're also grisly murder. <laughs> they love true. grisly killing. They're, they're into scalping. So they seem like his kind of serial killer crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I yeah. think that's where it's kind of more going. Like you know, they're they're on the the good team or whatever, <laughs> right? They're they're pretty they're pretty gruesome um, yeah. themselves. Um, but so um, you have that, and then you have the the um, the Jew bear introduction. The bear Jew. Or, sorry, the, <laughs> the bear Jew bear. <laughs> that sounds very different. <laughs> Fair enough. That Jew bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, we have the the introduction of the jew bear um that that's one of my favorite my favorite yeah. parts of the movie honestly it's, um, it's a highlight of the movie <laughs> i think i think that's a point where some people could really turn oh i mean probably yeah. the scalping already uh turned mm -hmm. some people off but they yeah they he's just waiting in this tunnel they've brought over uh one of a german officer and he's refusing to give them any information. And then you hear uh, the bear Jew, Donnie Donowitz. I also agree. Yeah, His actual name. name is great, too. <laughs> um, and he's just like hitting the, the bat against the side of the tunnel. And then we get a great. Uh, <coughs> it's most of the, the songs in the soundtrack are uh, Ennio Morricone. I think that's how you say his name. Um, you, get, you get a great Ennio Morricone song. To, mm -hmm. to as he's coming out it just builds and builds and builds and <laughs> sorry a little bit of cough um and then yeah they, he just he comes out uh he stares down the german officer and i mean what did you think about the german officer he seems he's so stoic 
I, I almost feel like they make him look kind of dignified the way that he... I mean, he has his death is not dignified at all. He gets <laughs> with his club. head gets caved in with a bat. Well, I, yeah. I think I think this is what's so good about this movie is this German officer because I think first you're kind of like, well, all right, he's refusing to give up the location of other Germans. So there's like it, the way it treats him, it's almost like he's doing an honorable thing. Um, right. But then there's but then later on in this dialogue, somehow the subject I'm trying to remember, I'm butchering this, but somehow it was something about like either Jews or something comes up. And then all of a sudden we see this person that seemed so like dignified and like he'll sacrifice for these people's lives. He all of a sudden like treats the the Jewish people like they're like less than people. And so that's when we kind of really see the like Nazi um like brainwash type thing you know right, go, right. going on with this guy so then all of a sudden it's like oh wait no he's actually awful even though he's like doing this thing that's generally considered very like honorable it's like oh wait <laughs> he's like this gross nazi officer let's let's get the um the jew bear out <laughs> the bear jew <laughs> no, no. wait I'm, I'm so switched up it's now the bear jew. <laughs> there we go bear jew all right we, we, we let's let's get him out to, to bash his bear. brains yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, brought up in a jewish orthodox environment yeah exactly um yeah <laughs> but yeah so I, I thought that was um really really interesting yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, he mm-hmm. refers to them as dogs, and uh, yeah, and and Don Donnie is really packed on some muscle. To I, I yeah. just it's oh, yeah. uh, he's got a tank top yeah. on, just he, looks he so it. so cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's Eli Roth as mm-hmm. uh, Donnie Donowitz. Yeah, um, I also just what? love how they do the, like the huge buildup, and like when we've already before this scene, we get a scene of Hitler talking to like some officers about like yeah. The chaos that those bastards are didn't you know wreaking yeah. havoc in the countryside or whatever. For some reason, he's actually concerned about these like ten soldiers in the yeah. uh, French countryside. But anyway, um, and, and this and is 1945. So, like a lot, yeah. has, a lot has gone wrong for the yeah, Nazis. Exactly. At this point. <laughs> yeah, I think you should have some bigger priorities yeah. at this point. But uh, all that aside, we've gotten this like they've been already specifically name dropped. Um, the bear Jew, um, yeah, and so like there's all this buildup, and then when we actually get to him, he's like just this like New Yorker, and he that's like clearly I think loves he's from baseball. Boston. Okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's a Boston say, accent. No, it's a, it's a Boston Park, accent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thank you for saving me yeah. <laughs> for from myself. Yeah. But it's just like he clearly like just his the buildup to what he actually is. I think there's some nice like fun like um contrast there. Or he, he's just like he, he's just like in like a sports fantasy almost. <laughs> yeah, right. It's but like, I, I mean, he is he's pretty imposing, I think. I he's mean, he's super imposing. Very muscular. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, I that's thought that was that was interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's that's our, our next kind of, yeah, I guess, chapter. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, um. Yeah, so then we go. Oh, I, I really like the song that uh, he uses at the start of the chapter and then also at the end. It's like, it's from this movie called White Lightning. And it's like, it's like, 
set in the deep south. And I, I think given that Aldo Rain is from the south, it kind of, I think mm-hmm. it it fits with the, you know, this is the American song. Um, but mm-hmm. it it ends, it kind of, the song is still playing when the next chapter starts, um, when mm-hmm. we see the, the theater. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we've already been introduced to <laughs> Shoshana, um, but now we, you know, now we see her four years later and she is running a movie theater and she has, uh, she's adopted a, a new name. She's, you know, presenting herself as a uh, non-Jewish French woman. Um, and yeah, this, I, I guess this is where the, the movie really makes it clear that it's like a movie about movies um (laughs) because yeah so she she's running a theater she's approached by this nazi uh this this private who is a huge movie buff and they're talking about movies i i don't know about you paul but i have not seen a lot of uh like german or french cinema from this time period so i i was a little bit uh I I didn't really know what they were they were talking about to a large extent um, in in this, but um, what did, I'm not uh, not gonna say that I'm all either a German slash French uh, movie expert. <laughs> um, I I think you know I I think it doesn't really matter as far as the dialogue. Like it's more just about establishing the you know I mean me as a person that doesn't know those people, it's like oh they clearly are film buffs they're talking about people (laughs) like you know all all these different people from the different um yeah um film film scenes um so yeah i thought that was interesting you know at a certain point right right what you know so right can't (laughs) can't hold it against them um so yeah so this guy who is aggressively flirting with shoshana um Mm -hmm. private zoller he has uh he he he! They made a movie about his exploits because he killed hundreds of uh, Allied soldiers. Um, he was to two hundred sixty-five, uh, I believe. Okay, <laughs> the nice, good. Wow, um, <laughs> a little hard to believe, but he was uh, holed up in a uh, in a bell tower, and he was able to really take advantage of that position. Um, and so they're going to be. So Joseph Goebbels has made a movie about this. And uh, Goebbels, of course, was the uh, uh, what was his title? He was like the the minister of Time propaganda. Out Goebbels? What? Goebbels. Goebbels. That, that's Goebbels? how you say it. No. You, it, when you're a lot <laughs> of German names, if at least if you say them in English, I don't know what a German, how a German speaker would okay. say it, but you, there's an R. Like, do you know the <laughs> the German author Goethe? No. Okay, well, it's spelled G-O-E-T-H-E, but you pronounce it Goethe. And, and if mm-hmm. in the movie, I, I believe uh, the, the English-speaking characters also say it that way. So, um, Huh, interesting. I've never heard it that way. I'm, I'm pretty sure. If, if you, if you want to say... I know, I believe you. Okay. Um, I've just never heard it said that way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, listeners, if you want to weigh in on this, uh, you can email <laughs> us. Um, at movies full of heart. Uh, yeah, so um, so he takes her to meet Goebbels, and um, then, um, yeah, um, what did you, I, 
and and then Hans Hans comes back because he's going to be in charge of security for the event. And uh, do you think that he knows? Do, do you think he or he's suspicious of her, or or do you think he she's just um, nervous of him because of what's because of their history? Um, I think she thinks he'll recognize her. I, I don't think he actually recognizes her. Given that um, he only saw her running, he only saw her from behind, and she was already a long mm-hmm. ways away. It seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but this is such a such a great scene. I think this scene it gets back to the kind of the first scene of yeah. the movie where it had it goes back to the structure of it's like a bunch of people talking. And there's they each have a bunch of different like perceptions about like the dynamics of the conversation and they're a little bit mismatched. Um and we go through so yeah. many things. So, you know, we start with Shoshana and Zoller, and it's you know, he's flirting with her. And I mean, she as a person who's Jewish and whose family was killed by Nazis is absolutely repulsed by him. Um, but from his perspective, He's in because and it goes to show it just shows his like level of just obliviousness and like self-absorption where he's yeah. taking that more as like she's being coy. Right. Um, with him as even, opposed even, to like, um, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And even if even not knowing that she's Jewish, you would think that just as a French person um, whose country is being occupied by, <laughs> by the Nazis, you, you would think she might not have the, like the highest opinion of, of <laughs> Nazi soldiers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and so, yeah. And so it's just, yeah, it's really interesting watch, you know, watching that play out where, you know, we as an audience, we, we, we can kind of see, you know, the, where, you know, what, you know, what each of this, you know, side of the conversation is like and see the kind of huge misunderstanding of it. Um, and so, and then we go to where, um, Shoshana goes to have like brunch or whatever the heck, um, yeah. With, um, to read Yeah. So this is where they're, um, forming the plan of, they're going to have the movie, uh, venue for the, this premiere at her theater, um, but, and again, so we have Shoshana, um, and then she's at this table with, you know, now I guess Goebbels, um, is the, like, so we got like the German high command and there's other German officers there. There is another French person, uh, French woman there. Um, and, yeah, the translator. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so we, we kind of, you know, she's once again, she's kind of plunged into this scene where she's just so uncomfortable and everybody, everyone else at the table is just like they're just having a nice nice brunch or whatever with you know out of care in the world we're talking yeah. about you know having a movie somewhere um and so it's but for her this is like maximum just like tension and this is awful uh so i just right. i just really enjoy like they're they're, they're just so oblivious and, and like as a viewer them, too, yeah. it feels that like you, mm-hmm. you know, you're so, these are just absolutely evil people, yeah. And they're just having this kind of pleasant, mm-hmm. banal mm-hmm. conversation, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think the guy who plays Goebbels does a really good job too. He's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's just he just seems so so confident and so uh, 
yeah, just kind of, um, yeah, yeah, like exactly. for it kind of, kind of like Hans and being like very friendly on the surface, but he also has like he can just get what he what he wants. Yeah, if, so. if he, yeah, and for him, it goes beyond just the French people since he's a high German officer. Yeah. There's like you know a time when Zoller kind of goes against him slightly and he's just like instantly all of a sudden just <laughs> turns on a dime and is furious yeah. um, with him. So we, we kind of, we see those other, like, so there's these other power kind of dynamics going on between right. them um, at play as well. Um, and then, yeah, like you were saying, we get um, Hans show, shows up to the, <laughs> to, to the brunch as well. Um, yeah. Just when it can't get any worse for <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Shoshana. Um, and so then her and Hans um, have a conversation. This is what I love where it's like in this one scene, we have this first thing. And then with like it does, it will do this where it doesn't cut for a bit. And those people leave and Hans comes in. Right. Um, and so I think it's just like a such a cool way of like kind of transitioning a scene into a, like a, almost be morphing into a new thing. Um, right. But you don't have to cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um and, and then like you we were saying there's the huge dynamic now of like she's like oh man this is hans he specifically killed my family so i extra hate this guy is he gonna find me out what's happening and for hans he's just checking to see if her theater's okay but he, we also know that hans can like he, he can smell something fishy from from a mile away it's established him as like a really good detective so he's like yeah, so so we're a little just worried with everything he says in which way right. the conversation goes that she's going to get trapped by him. So we, we already kind of know. I feel like he acts like he's trying to make her feel comfortable, but he's also <laughs> alerting her to the fact that he knows how uncomfortable she is. So he's really <laughs> just kind of like, I, I know that you I, I, I know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't know the full extent of it, most likely. But uh, I like that mm-hmm. it's, you know, these things that should be like nice gestures it, he uses them to just make her feel even smaller and even more vulnerable um and, and we got to talk about uh in this scene the the uh strudels the and strudel. the cream um they order oh, these strudels and then we just get close-up shots of people just scooping you know lar- a large uh quantity of cream onto these strudels. It looks so good. Um, yeah, it it's really steals the honestly the entire movie gets <laughs> like the all the performances they just get overshadowed by by the strudel and cream just standing <laughs> above all else. Yeah, um, it's I've never seen something so appetizing in a movie. I know, I, it really makes me want to get some strudel. And mm-hmm. and the first time I watched this movie, it it that kind of <laughs> I mean, I'm going to sound uh, like, uh, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of movies, but, but that was just kind of crazy. Like, Oh, you could just have a close up of some, of a strudel and some cream. Like that. Just, I just, I, I don't think I had seen, uh, something like that where like, obviously the scene is about, uh, the interaction between these two characters, but, uh, you know, that cream just looks so good. So why not give it a little attention? Yeah, and I think it, it's used in a way that's very similar to how these types of shots are used in the opening scene. There's a lot of parallels between these two scenes um, where 
in that scene it was focusing on like the pipe and some of those objects yeah. and i think it's such a effective like use of filmmaking where you're thinking like us from the audience we feel like shoshana where we're very uncomfortable in the scene and when you know when you're in an uncomfortable situation you're trying to like look and focus on anything but the actual like you know person or conversation that you're having and so it's almost it's as if we were like shoshana and we're like hyper focusing on these small details to try to like think focus on anything besides this terrible situation that's happening um so not only does it make me (laughs) did it make me have an awakening for for this strudel (laughs) um out there um but it also i think is really effective um like storytelling and like right. really getting the audience into like the shoes of Shoshana in that scene. Although the fact that that we can find that so appetizing, and I I don't think Shoshana was looking <laughs> yeah, at that. They, they uh, might have made the strudel look a little too tasty. It probably worked a little better in like the the pipe smoking part of the yeah. opening scene. So <laughs> wasn't yeah. as appealing. <laughs> And he, <laughs> and he pretty much makes her eat like one bite with. Oh, I like the way he says, uh, "Wait for the cream." <laughs> he, he's just like with a big smile on his face. <laughs> so awkward. Um, yeah. And then and, and there is one point too where he says, "Oh, there was something else that I wanted to ask you about or something." Mm-hmm. And then he just he stops and he says he couldn't remember, and it's not totally clear if that's true. Um, but great, great way to add some final tension just when you kind of think it's maybe over. Um, and then, I mean, in the rest of this chapter, we kind of, this is when, when the, I guess really when like the actual plan starts to fall into place, they're going to have, they decide because, uh, Zoller is so into Shoshana, he wants to have the premiere of Nation's Pride, um, the movie. Did we say that, that that's the movie about him killing all those people? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, they want to have the premiere at her theater. And so she sees this as an opportunity to kill a bunch of Nazis. She, you know, they're going to lock them. She and her uh, projectionist um, who uh, who is black. And I, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I they definitely make a a, a kind of big deal out of the fact that he's black like obviously the nazis and not surprisingly the nazis weren't like huge fans of black people either um but yeah they they also um, killed black people yeah um but uh yeah they're gonna Mm -hmm. the two of them are gonna um burn the nazis down as many Mm -hmm. of them as they can um and yeah they got the high command there so yeah we don't know that hitler is gonna be there at this point yeah exactly Um, um yeah and i think at this point in the movie i think it's maybe like a good point to kind of just stop and be like you know i think the next part is also kind of like this but i think you know we've gone through three of the five chapters and they're all like very they're all very different and you know interrelated but also kind of independent of each other Um, right and so i think for some people they might think it as slow I think for for me, I don't know. At first, I just thought each individual part was so interesting on its own. Yeah. Um, but then maybe even more than that, I really like the like use the kind of epic storytelling that it does, where we're seeing all these different sides of like adjacent to you know 
next to this big war with you know we have this war in the backdrop and it it does like time skips in between um each each of these scenes like between the first and the second scene like i think like almost close to four years pass and then yeah in between the one with the the bastards and the next one we know at least a few months have passed there so I, i just think introducing new characters and situations and dynamics to the movie the greater war and then like having like this kind of like passage of time i think it really helps like for me at least put me kind of felt i felt like i was put into like this like moment and right and it was just like yeah i thought it was really effective like kind of epic storytelling yeah yeah i agree um and then and in the in the next chapter it does i i, I think if you just watch the first three chapters, it is not at all clear how the bastards are supposed to fit yeah. into the first and the third <laughs> chapter. We have this this woman Shoshana who's out to get revenge, and then they're just they're there to I mean they're there to get revenge as well. I guess you know yeah, um, um, but but they're yeah they're they're not related to the other things in any way. <laughs> yeah, um, and then in the next scene we find out that. Uh, the British and Americans are planning to take out the Nazis at this premiere as well. Um, and I, I think, I, I mean, this is, we get the introduction of uh, Michael Fassbender's character. What's his name? Do you, oh, oh, I should gosh. have this pulled up. I, yeah, um, shoot. All right. I'm, all right um, it's Lieutenant Archie Hickox. Archie Hickox. Great name. <laughs> um, and this was my first time seeing michael fassman or actually i think he was in 300 but this was the first time that he really registered to me and i think he's just so good he's just playing this like ultra posh kind of i don't know he has kind of just like a self-satisfied look on his face but not not in like an unappealing way he just kind of just a confidence about him he's almost like Playing Bond, yeah, I would say exactly. Is <laughs> like he's, what he's if you think for. about like Sean Connery, and maybe yeah, Sean. I'd say Sean Connery Bond mm-hmm. would be the um, yeah. He's basically Bond, and and in some I, I, like in uh, the Great Escape, you have uh, a lot of British and American soldiers together. I I feel like that's another thing that's always if you can get that into a World War Two movie, British and American collaboration. And the British people just being ultra posh. That's uh, that's a big uh, super overconfident. Super yeah, posh. They, exactly. They dialed their accents up to like a twelve. Oh yeah. Well, um, and yeah, the the everyone is so like yeah. You have the Europeans who are. I think. I mean, they're all kind of yeah sophisticated. They can engage in these long drawn out conversations. They're also kind of uh, yeah. A little. Um, I, I'm going to stick to to what I said about uh, about Hans. Uh, you know, kind of kind of sissies, maybe a little bit. Um, and then the British are just so yeah. Oh, just so 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 posh, I guess. Um, yeah. So prim and proper. And you also have <laughs> Michael or Mike Myers as um, as like the commanding officer. What did you What did you think of him, Paul? I thought I thought he was great as Ed yeah, Fennick. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And then um, just kind of one thought, real quick, before we go on with this scene. And then yeah. also we have we have we can't forget the Americans 
who are like oh yeah the like ultimate like east coast and south <laughs> um, like yeah i think i yeah the, this movie it goes for like the ultimate like euro british and like american stereotypes are yeah, all like right. on full full display and i i think you know it's like a fun thing where i part, part of here's my like wildly overthinking it like interpretations <laughs> Is like, you know, okay. this isn't set in World War II. And so um, I think, you know, at this time, like communication and like our under ability to travel between different places is just so much worse than it was like now. And so like, I think this is like what I imagine, like if you were in British, like how you would th- imagine the American soldiers coming in, you're like, oh, those Americans, <laughs> they would be like the bastards. And the Americans would think of the the British people as like what, what they are in this scene. So I just thought that was kind of, you know, um, funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and we also have, uh, I think. Isn't it supposed to be Winston Churchill is yeah. also in this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is Winston Churchill. Yeah. The guy did a lot of research to, to portray this Winston <laughs> yeah. for like a, half a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's um, a good, good performance. Oh, I, I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so, um, Arch, it was Archie Hickox, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's a film critic. So we're getting another, we already have, uh, one of our main characters, Shoshana, is the movie theater owner. And then we have another, we're introduced to another character who's a film critic. He's written several books and he's very knowledgeable about German cinema. And he, he I guess he kind of like, he kind of gives us the, fr- like the framing of this conflict that I think Tarantino really likes where it's like, you know, the Germans are trying under, under Goebbels, they're trying to beat you know, that like there was a big like German Jewish, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah. movie scene prior to the rise of Nazism. Mm-hmm. Trying to get away from that, and then also trying to uh, provide to to beat the um, you know Jewish uh, Hollywood. Not that not that Hollywood is just. Run by, but it is true that there are according to this, yeah, movie and in real and, life, and there, there were, are a lot of I, Jewish. Um, yeah. people in the film industry <laughs> and i think at this point there yeah mm-hmm. there a lot of jewish people have yeah. been successful in hollywood so i think i think that's kind of uh yeah for tarantino as like a cinephile to think of i i think he he wants to kind of think of about this conflict in these terms mm-hmm. um so yeah and then they they need they have someone on the inside, um, Bridget von Hammersmark or something like that. Yeah, um, and they're gonna meet with her uh, to discuss yep. the plan. She, she's a famous German actor. Who's yeah, like we're working for the British intelligence. Right, right. And I thought uh, she's played by Diane Kruger. I think that's her last mm-hmm. name, right? I yep. thought she did a really good job of like being that kind of like forties like glamorous actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know why they. I, I know we will do nitpicks later, but I I feel like they should have met at a private residence. Um, uh, but they decided <laughs> nah, to meet that's at too a tavern. Suspicious. <laughs> you yeah, gotta meet in a public setting. Yeah, that's how yeah. you do these things in the movies. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So they meet at this bar and, you know, tragically, it, it's a bar that's in the basement. So it's difficult to escape from. And a bunch of German officers are there celebrating uh, the birth of the um, one of the uh, or not officers. Uh, I think they're privates, but exactly. one of the privates, his son, he's just had a um, his son was just born. Um, so, we, I mean, we kind of know right off the bat things are not going to go well. And probably this guy whose son was just born is going to get killed. Um, mm-hmm. his, his son is not going to have a dad. Um, I think, I mean, I think this is, this is kind of the last, like, great tense dialogue scene, like, drawn-out dialogue scene of the movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've, I mean, we talked about a lot of what's so great about these dialogue scenes. Do you have anything specific to this one, Paul? Yeah, well, I mean, I think this one is just like doing the previous ones and then just going bigger, which I think is yeah. fun. It's almost like a climax of these type of scenes in the movie, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, in this case, we have like the German soldiers a table away. But then our big reframe for this one is that like the pans over like over a room and then there's yeah. this like intense um, SS like German officer. Over and we've there. seen him before in chapter yeah. two. He was, yeah, the, he was at the, the table. Yeah. And he also brought uh, Shoshana to the um, to the table initially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and so, yeah, so we get him. That is and such then, a good pan. That's yeah. just... <laughs> It just There's goes so, many, so fast. Yeah, <laughs> I love the, these pans in the middle. These dialogue scenes are so good. Um, yeah. And this movie has so much interplay between like the amount of times that like we're like, oh, they're on to us. Oh, we're OK. Oh, it's getting stressful <laughs> again. And then like, um, but then we also have the dynamics between like officers and privates, like you said. So there, there's right. just... And then you have um, like then there's also some stuff with like almost like competing for the girl. <laughs> with mm-hmm. Some of the couple of the guys and Bridget von Hammersmark. We have the British guy who's like he's been so in the previous scene. He, he's just so uppity and confident. And then we just see him just gradually get more and more miserable. <laughs> the yeah. longer the scene goes on and him just losing it all and trying to keep up his fake aid of like over British overconfidence, but it just like his, his, just his eyes are starting to, you just see the, they're just dying and he's dying inside. As oh, the yeah. scene goes on. I um, mean, cause yeah, cause the, the other, he's there with two of the bastards and one mm-hmm. of them is German. The other is Austrian. So they, they can pass as, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they can pass as German. Um, but yeah, I and I thought it was impressive that Michael Fassbender is able to speak German, but because he's he grew up in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, so he's able to speak German while sounding like a posh British guy. And I I think the accent, like even you could you can hear his his posh accent coming through mm-hmm. in his German really well. Um, I just think that's so impressive as an actor. Um, Seriously, I think he. I think his dad is German, so he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he may have grown up speaking some German, but yeah. Um, just yeah, it's very, so, very, it's very intentional that the accent he uses, which is super impressive. Yeah, <laughs> to be doing. <laughs> yeah, um, um, and then 
there's there's a little bit of a difference of this scene of the previous dialogue scenes and that would be how it ends Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean well yeah um, we get uh uh i don't can't remember what the the german officer is who major hellstrom Hellstrom. Wow, nice. Yeah, they went for um, it on that name. <laughs> but yeah, he uh he takes some bullets to the the nuts. Um mm-hmm. and uh yeah, just gets his, his balls blown blown up and then ev- everyone gets shot like, up. Everyone um, dies immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for the the like the woman who was just she yeah. she had nothing to do with it. Yeah, like um, the bartender and the, the serving. Yeah girl the bartender had a gun so he at least <laughs> yeah he took part he did <laughs> part, yeah. but then yeah the serving girl she was just there yeah um yeah i and then uh yeah von hammersmark she she lives she she kills uh the officer who had just uh had just become a father um yeah do you yeah. do you think she should have killed him um, well, for her, it's almost like a selfish killing because she doesn't want anyone to know that she's a, you know, a double agent. Right, right. Yeah, it was so, probably probably justified. Yeah. So I, I, well, I, well, I think for it was a little more like so, it was a little bit of a selfish killing, I guess. Yeah. I think it was adding a little bit of a wrinkle to her character. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I wasn't sure because <laughs> it seemed like they could have maybe just captured him mm-hmm. and. uh I, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. No, well, and I think the other thing about like the ending of the scene is then after we've had all these shifts and then we have all the shooting and then we have the final thing and it's between Aldo Rain and then Wilhelm. And there's like this like kind of another kind of West classic like Western yeah. scene where it's the standoff where he's got the gun pointed at the entrance and then they're trying to negotiate um a good outcome and so and then this is when i think the movie tries to give like the most humanity to any like german person or whatever when he is talking about like his son and stuff and he yeah. ends up he ends up actually putting his gun down i know <laughs> in the end only <laughs> to get shot immediately <laughs> yeah I, yeah i i i kind of turned on on von hammersmark a little bit and it kind mm-hmm. of seemed like aldo wasn't going to kill him i i mean it's yeah. hard to know for sure but, he would have uh, just he would he would have given him the little the swastika forehead situation, but he right. I think he would have just left it there. <laughs> well, but it would have been tough because because uh, Wilhelm could have told everybody that von Hammersmark was working yeah. with well, the uh, Allied forces. They they would have captured him. He they would have just like oh yeah go run free and right let everyone. Well, know yeah, because they we're, were just <laughs> they were going to be doing their plan the very next day. Mm-hmm. So and that would have. Yeah, they probably could have just captured him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been easy to do. <laughs> and it's not like they had all the bastards go on the into the theater. So yeah, just a couple of the guys who aren't uh, going along, just leave them to watch Wilhelm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I one of the I think the grossest things in the movie is <laughs> when Aldo puts his he's like pressing his finger into. Uh, von Hammersmark's gunshot wound on her leg. That's yeah, it's intense. So gross. Yeah, yeah. It's so intense. Yeah, um, he's trying, trying. He's trying to figure out if she betrayed them or not. And this, it's right after that scene. 
He's right. interrogating her to and, figure out. I mean, what two happened. of his men have been killed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah, he, he's a little unhappy. Yeah, he didn't like the situation to begin with because who? Yeah, who has a meeting in a basement? You don't have to be every- Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> no, you don't fight in a basement. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, it's such such a good buildup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and that another scene. great thing about I think the very last part of this scene is we see Hans finding um the the note uh, or mm-hmm. uh yeah von hammersmark left a little note um to uh wilhelm's son so we know that he knows uh that she's working with the allies mm-hmm. um so yeah so then we go into our final uh chapter and and i love the first part of, i mean it's kind of like a music video uh to david bowie's cat people Mm-hmm. Um, like a just, I mean, so far we've had a lot of Western music. Um, we had a few other things that, but that I feel like this is the, the song that is most like you wouldn't think to put it in a World War II movie. Um, mm-hmm. but for me, I mean, for me, I think it works great. Oh, it works so um, good. You have like the smoke and you have like, yeah, the, the, the dark, like kind of these like dark shots. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I love a good getting ready scene. I feel like that's exactly. just that's the perfect way to to get someone excited. Just uh, exactly, um, we we've we've set the board. All the pieces are in place. Yeah, let's exactly. let's get to this. Let's get to the build up to the exciting conclusion. Um, exactly, we've got there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So then they go to the theater. Yeah, um, and I think this gets to like the most. To I think the the funniest scene in the movie, yeah. and the most like just direct. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be just pure comedy. Yeah. Um, so before you know, we have that you know Bridget von Hammersmark. She was supposed to go to the theater with these guys that could speak German and therefore pass off <laughs> as German people <laughs> on some level. So they were gonna be like German film people, but of course now we're stuck with. Aldo, um, <laughs> the the bear Jew, and Omar. <laughs> yeah, why did why did they pick Omar as the? <laughs> yeah, because it's Omar. Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> um, and so, of course, they cannot speak German. Um, so, so they go with the uh, that they're uh, Italian, or as Aldo likes to say, Italian. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we pretty much know going into this that this isn't going to go well. These <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> guys clearly can't speak Italian, and uh, yeah, have their accent. So I just died. Omar so speaks that, third best and yeah. does not speak any Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the other two guys have the strong one has a strong Boston accent and one has a strong whatever accent. <laughs> yeah. Tennessee um, accent, yeah. apparently. Um the the hills um, of Tennessee. Exactly. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. So so we, we we have that tension going into this. Yeah. Um this final, uh, final scene. And then we find out that, you know, because Von Hammersmark says, "Well, Germans don't have a good ear for Italian." Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're not thinking that that's really gonna <laughs> save them. Um, but then, of course, uh, Hans is, like is fluent in Italian. He just starts mm-hmm. going off with like a pretty con- pretty decent sounding like Italian accent, at least mm-hmm. my uh, American ears. Uh, yeah, I, I can't tell. I always want to know like what 
these accents sound like in movies when they're being done by non like whatever native speakers. Yeah. So I know like whenever I hear people that are non like American people trying to have American accents in some things, it's like so atrociously bad sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> people from other countries probably like don't notice, you know, yeah, this. right. Um, I always wonder like how much. And we probably have it better than a lot of people because a lot of people do try to get like their whatever. Uh, and, and they've heard accent. the American yeah. accent so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I always just want to know, like, are these people good or are they terrible? I yeah. Just, I want to know. But anyway. Well, well we um, do know that uh, Aldo is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's clear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, but I think this scene, it's so funny. Um, because it's done the buildup of we know that the Italian is going to be a disaster. And we also know that Hans knows about um, Hammer's Mark. Um, yeah. And so he, of course, yeah, when he seeks them out, um, he then asks um, uh, Bridget von Hammer's Mark, she's been shot in the leg. And so she has this cast. And he asks her what what it's for, and she says mountain climbing. <laughs> <laughs> they're in Paris. Um, yeah. There are no mountains near there. Um, and, and he, so, I love, or sorry, go ahead. And so I think, and this is the funniest part is because I think, cause he's just cr- laughs so hard yeah. at how horrible her <laughs> excuses. Like he knew she was going to be lying, whatever she said, but it just, he and I think, believe. And, yeah. And us as an audience member, we're, we're worried that they're going to blow the Italian thing. We haven't even thought about her excuse. We assumed that she would have had to have come up with something smart for that. So we're, we're worried that the Italian's going to get them. And then it's actually her thing is just so much worse somehow. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so good. I think that's yeah, the funniest no, part in the movie. I, yeah. I think, I mean, is that kind of the first time that somebody breaks character? Cause we've had so many scenes. <laughs> where, I, I mean, people reveal themselves yeah. in more subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. this is the, he just doesn't even, yeah, he, he just gives care. up. He can't <laughs> yeah. hold it together. Uh, yeah. It's just too bad of an effort. At, yeah. Um, a cover um, story. And she said that she was, she, she climbed this mountain the previous morning like she could have at least said it was a few days earlier. Well, it's because right? it was a fresh cast. Yeah, couldn't so she have he, said that the cast was three days old? <laughs> I feel like that would have been the better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. It been, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. rough. And then, of course, then we get to the classic, Ita- yeah, Italian scene, which you're already talking yeah. about. And he's just having fun. He just makes them pronounce their names a bunch of times. (laughs) It's like he clearly doesn't believe that he's literally forcing them to he's instructing them on pronouncing their own names. Yeah. In Italian better. I I love too how Brad Pitt is by far the least convincing. The other two kind of they, they kind of sound Italian and they look like they could be Italian, you know, um, But Brad Pitt, just nothing about him. So it's <laughs> <Yeah>. Italian. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see. Yeah. So then uh, Bridget gets killed. Um, pretty. Yeah, br- this Hans. is the first time we've seen yeah. Hans just actually show his, you know, violent, uh, you know, mm-hmm. actually enact violence. Uh, mm-hmm. um, 
that's yeah that's pretty pretty hardcore uh yeah that's jarring apparently quentin tarantino did the choking himself yeah (laughs) i heard that yeah that's interesting Uh, very interesting is the right word (laughs) the other words Uh, but um yeah i i think i mean this whole scene does a great job there's so many great pans like sometimes we'll be focusing on shoshana and then we'll switch over to the bastards Mm-hmm. And um, wh- what did you think of the the use of text to indicate who the different German people are? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, we've had the big bombastic text for Hugo Stiglitz in the film. Yeah. So me, me as a viewer, I'm I'm ready for some text on the screen. Yeah, no, um, no me too. Me too. Yeah, um, like it's definitely it's a totally different style. It's a kind of a weird stylistic choice, but he's let, yeah. letting us know, you know, you, if you get the four the no more war or whatever. Right. So you gotta, gotta nice. know who the four are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that, I, they could have just uh, left it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that, uh, I feel like if you got Hitler or maybe, maybe if you got Hitler and one other person that would have done it. But anyway, um, <laughs> we don't need to nitpick. Uh, clear, clearly you didn't need to get any of them or whatever, I guess. So, oh yeah right of course yeah based on actual history i guess um, if you want to end the war like immediately just, that's yeah, the, exactly yeah that's the key yeah. thing here um, um so yeah um so they for whatever yeah so he still he lets the other two guys go to their seats uh donnie and omar and yeah, then kidnaps Hans, so we're like huh why is Hans doing this yeah. or whatever? Why isn't he stopping the plot? That's interesting. Exactly. Um, and then let's see. Anything else noteworthy? Um, I mean, I was going to go to Shoshana's death. Uh, anything before that? No. Nah. Okay. I think um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the movie starts uh, showing and... Um, well, okay. Maybe we should talk about the movie first. Um, <laughs> sure, yeah. so th- this movie has been built up. It's like Goebbels is clearly very proud of it. And then, you know, Hitler thinks it's important enough that he should go. And it's basically just, uh, Zoller just shoot, just constantly just shooting people. There's really yeah. nothing else. Just like one after the other. And it'll be like, the guy will get shot once. He'll be on the ground. He'll get shot like two more times. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's just so much violence. Yeah, it is. A, it's a terrible movie. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've not seen anything that Goebbels directed. I, I maybe, maybe this is in- indicative of the kind of stuff that he made. Um, but yeah, what did you did you think it was just supposed to be funny that their movie was so bad and just like kind of another way of ridiculing the Nazis? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think it was just supposed to be super like campy and bad. Yeah, and then, but they're like r- really into it or whatever. Right. I think it's, you know, it's just it's just showing like the nationalism or whatever. Right. Like the Nazis. Yeah, I guess um, if you were trying to be, I don't know, kind of, uh, I, I'm not sure if this may be going too far, but you could be saying, 
is Tarantino inviting us to think about the extent to which Inglorious <laughs> Bastards is, and, and our enjoyment of that is just is like the the Nazis enjoying nation's pride. Whoa, deep, <laughs> <laughs> so deep. Uh, I don't yeah, I think don't, that's really true. I don't because think so. Inglorious Bastards totally is different. a good movie. That <laughs> There's has, a lot it, of talking. It's yeah, mostly dialogue. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it, I watched some YouTube video where somebody uh, said that. Um, I think so could be reliable. critiquing. It could be critiquing other war films. Yeah, certainly. Right. That right. Like um, are like U.S. or British based <laughs> war, war right. films or whatever. Right. Um, okay. So Zoller doesn't like seeing himself shooting people, um, and. Uh, <laughs> So then he goes to see Shoshana and she clearly doesn't want him around. She's about to <laughs> murder a bunch of Nazis. Um, but she pretends to be interested in him to get him, uh, basically, yeah, um, to trick him so that she can uh, shoot him. Uh, and uh, yeah, and then she shoots him three times. He, he kind of moans. So she feels a bit of sympathy for him. She goes over, he turns around and shoots her. Um, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I, th- this is definitely the saddest part of, well, I, I mean, the first part is pretty, but the, like this, yeah, if you took this out, it would just be like a complete, just like revenge fantasy where everything kind of works out. Um, I mean, their whole plot's pretty sad because they're planning on like killing themselves in this thing and you know i don't know just her her whole whole her whole arc's pretty pretty depressing start to finish um yeah wait they're they were planning to die in the theater yeah i mean what's his, her um friend i mean the theater's locked oh yeah right right good point <laughs> so well then maybe yeah then i mean it's a bummer that she didn't get to see it unfold <laughs> she didn't get to but, see it through I guess it, it was it I mean, was all set in motion by the yeah, time that she yeah, died. I mean, she she could have technically escaped um, if it hadn't all blown up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, she would have wait, died anyway. Would she? Wait. So you're saying she could have escaped, but because her... it wasn't locked back there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. And maybe he so could. Wait. Maybe they actually didn't lock it on that side, and the Nazis could have just run out the front <laughs> if they'd really wanted to. <laughs> I don't mm, know. Yeah. This is. A little, susp- um, I, I just can't but, imagine, given that they're lovers, that they would mm-hmm. have an arrangement where he can't get out and she can. <laughs> Maybe she's just going in solidarity, also not waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solidarity. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. all that aside, I, it's just like it's just like kind of a depressing plot arc of like, yeah, her family's killed by Nazis and she's gonna try to you know kill herself and the person that she loves because it's worth it for, for the revenge. Of, of getting right. these people they're gonna think yeah so it's just pretty pretty sad all around time and then yeah and then she feels like a little bit of like humanity and seeing Zoller like s- struggling on the brink of death or whatever so she has like yeah. that moment of sympathy and then he this finally realized that she actually hates him and so <laughs> he shoots her yeah. <laughs> it's just just pretty pretty you know and Zoller's such like a pathetic character yeah, all around where he's just so oblivious 
He's just been like indoctrinated. He's just like the poster child of like Nazis. He's just been clearly been indoctrinated um, into yeah. this system. He's, you know, he's very young. So he's kind of grown up in this Nazi right. culture. Um, and he's just and he so such a big oblivious. ego. Like yeah. the fact that he, I think, I feel like it's just the fact that he is like a hero mm-hmm. uh, as a Nazi. Like that's enough for him to be uh, an ardent Nazi. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of, yeah. it's flattering to his ego. Um, yeah. And so it's just pretty sad all around time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And say now, now we get to the. Now we get to the quote unquote fun part. Uh, yeah, I think I think it is fun. Yeah. <laughs> we have um uh the, the bear Jew and Omar. Um they're they're at the theater. And so they they decide that it's not enough to blow everything up. You gotta be sure when you're talking about killing Hitler, you can't like have an almost blow up explosion type scenario. I was wondering if this was a reference to like um Valkyrie, where there's like the bombing attempt that failed or whatever. And so they're like, or we're not going to rely on just our bombs or we're going to use machine guns too, (laughs) to, to make sure this happens. I I wasn't sure about that. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure either. Um, but anyway, so there's this great scene where, um, it's like time for them to go, um, shoot Hitler with machine guns. But so Donnie, he's already like gotten out of the um his row or whatever, and he's because he's like gone and checked things out, kind of scope out the situation. So he's come back for Omar, and then it does the super <laughs> indulgent um like theater scene <laughs> where it's like this is right before this epic climax. And we've already had this like tragic death, and it's like he's trying to get Omar's attention, and Omar's like, "Oh come on, I'm trying to watch the movie." And then there's like the other people in this long aisle. That are like, yeah. Oh, come on! We're just trying to enjoy this movie. Uh, it's pretty funny. And then he's, yeah, he's like awkwardly trying to get by the people. <laughs> he ends up falling over at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no matter what's going on, even though, yeah, one of our main characters has been killed. Hitler's about to be killed. Tarantino's going to take a little time for some some theater jokes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we've all been in this yeah. situation, you know. So relatable. Um, yeah. And then they but, take out the two guards in an awesome yeah. way. Yeah, um, that, that that seems almost like some eight, like some spy stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they, also, those handgun things are real. That was a real thing that they oh, was really? invented in World War II and used. It oh, seems wow. like I don't know why you wouldn't just want a regular gun as opposed to a gun that you have to punch someone <laughs> to yeah. shoot them with. <laughs> yeah, that's, hmm. but someone well, had imagination cool. and they went for it. Um, yeah, and it was made for a really cool scene in a movie. So. Yeah, I think that, that part that part was awesome. Where you have Donnie yeah. doing the little ploy where he's got the cloth over his and just punch shoots the guy in the face. And then Omar's, yeah. we know he has a certain amount of time to get in there. He does it. And then then we open up the doors, break out the machine guns, and it's time to just slaughter the Nazi high command. And we just get mowed. <laughs> you see Hitler and Goebbels just mowed down immediately yeah. by Donnie. And then Omar just just <laughs> shoots the French translator. I, I mean, I think, yeah, Tarantino like goes out of his way to show you that they're not just killing, like they're, they're not just killing the actual Nazi officials. They're killing the wives and, you know, <laughs> people who, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, they were still complicit to some. I, yeah. I mean, who knows yeah. what the backstory of, I, I think he's just not interested in, 
how these people got to where they are. Just they're terrible people. They need to die. Um, yep. They've done terrible things. And then, so exactly. But then, the, yeah. And then the bombs are still on their timer. Yeah. And so then, with at the end, then they just all blow up in this theater that's also been lit on fire. Um, yeah. Because Shoshana's plot's also happening, and so they've already the panic's already started before yeah. they come in and shoot everyone. And so the people in the theater are already like screaming, and it's on fire. And then they get put out of their misery a little quicker than they thought when everything explodes. Yeah. Uh, so well, it's that, quite the bombastic um, alternate history <laughs> conclusion. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. So she, yeah, she, the movie just stops and Shoshana comes on the screen and she, you know, says, you're all going to die. <laughs> and like, you know, this is the face of Jewish vengeance. <laughs> and then the the screen just lights up. And then so we just see her like, you know, projected face into like the flames and she's yeah, and like, la- the like cackling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel, I mean, I think that's kind of, that's, that's like for, for Tarantino, that's the ultimate wish fulfillment. Like mm-hmm. the Nazis being taken out by a movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so after, after that, um, I, I, I guess, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Aldo and then uh, the little man. Is that his name? Yep. <laughs> yeah. They've yep. been uh, Udovich. Um, they've <laughs> been captured. And, and we find out that uh, Hans had, uh, you know, he had uh, assisted the bastards in, um, you know, he let them carry out their yeah, plan. They, they do a negotiation before all of the exploding right. happens. And where he's like, I can call someone and let them and let them know there's bombs and we can stop this plot or we can let it go. If you give me a bunch of money and freedom and everything and American citizenship and stuff. Right. So they they negotiate it and they've gotten the somehow that they've gotten the right people on the line. Um, So they've they've agreed. So that's that's why they let it let it all go through. Right. Um, (laughs) And, And I think at this point, you're just. You know, Hans is so happy uh, that he's, you know, he's going to get American citizenship. He's going to get some mm-hmm. property on Nantucket Island, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is is a nice place. I've never been there. Nantucket Island. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, and uh, yeah, so obviously we don't want we don't want him to, you know, get off uh, scot-free. But uh, thankfully, um, you know, they... The the bastards never just let a they never let a Nazi if they ever let a Nazi go they always oh, yeah. uh, leave you, they something can, they they can take a, their uniform off so yeah. how, how is anyone gonna know they're a Nazi if they take their uniform off Sam well uh, gotta oh wait what's the line oh uh, gotta give you something you can't take off right mm-hmm. <laughs> yep uh, so they carve a swastika into um, into Hans's forehead um and this and, is the, they've done this several times but we we yeah. this is the first time we get to see it in the movie <laughs> yeah yeah exactly we see it. that knife going into his <laughs> his flesh um, and he's just screaming um he, he he is he is a wimp um although it did look pretty painful it looked like they were cutting pretty deep as well yeah. um couldn't he just get couldn't he just grow his hair out and cover it pretty well? I mean, it's like in the middle of his forehead. I, I personally can't get my hair 
Uh, I guess he could have yeah, gone like full emo or something. Looks <laughs> <Get his hair laughs> <off. laughs> pretty weird, especially in that day, day and age. He's just yeah. gonna, he's gonna get really into hats in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's, that's be... that would take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I all I'm saying is I think he could have probably found a way to cover that up and not have such a live out a pretty decent life. But yeah. Um, and that's that's how it ends. Uh, what's it, what's yeah. the last line? Uh, I think this just might be my masterpiece. Yep, exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. As he's finishing up his carving of the swastika. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also Quentin Tarantino letting us know. And I know this exactly. was Quentin Tarantino's like child. This was like his favorite child movie. He he worked on this one for like way longer than most of his other movies. Um, right. He he had like worked on the idea and then wasn't sure and like he he went through so many iterations of this movie and he made he made many of like I think both the Kill Bill movies and I think and Death Proof he made all of those while yeah. he was still trying to crack this movie. Um, right. Which I think is one of the cool things. I I think the writing is amazing in this movie and I think there's also like we say it's such a sprawling movie and there's these characters that like you can tell have a backstory, but we just don't get it in the movie. So they've had to like cut it. And there's so many plots yeah. that could be like a movie in and of themselves. Um, but right. it's all been kind of cut and pulled into like one um, big war epic. Yeah. Um, um, they were originally going to have uh, Adam Sandler play the bear Jew. And yeah. they were going to show a scene of him back in Boston um, so I, I feel, I wonder if, if Adam Sandler had taken the role, I feel like they probably would have given us more of, uh, Donnie's backstory. Yeah. Well, and they, they did film the backstory of Donnie. Oh, they, they did. just didn't. Yeah. It just got cut. Um, okay. In, in the movie. Yeah. Um, um, and then so, they also have Aldo rain has a back has more of a backstory too. Oh, and they, <laughs> that, that wasn't included that. in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So what do you? Uh, There's there a bunch of characters that had like in the movie that had bigger backstories than than what showed up in the movie. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, yeah. Do you have any kind of overall um, additional thoughts or? Uh, um, well, I mean, one question to speaking. Like, do you think they're? Do you think the bastards get enough attention in this? Um, I rem- I remember in the, the trailer they really focused on the bastards. And you you never you definitely wouldn't have thought that there was like characters <laughs> like Shoshana and uh, yeah. Hickox who take up a huge part of the movie. Um, yeah, and so this is you know a part where like at the age I was when this movie came out, like I I wasn't I didn't really see any of the marketing or much of the marketing for this film. It wasn't like a movie that I was gonna get to watch in theaters or anything. <laughs> Um, and so I didn't have that expectation when I was going into it, so it didn't bother me, but I could totally see how, I think that's always the problem with some of this advertising is when like ad, the advertising company fixates on like one thing that they think's like the super exciting thing about the movie, but then it yeah. basically pitches audiences a movie that's very different than what the actual movie is. And so. Yeah. Um, if you go in expecting one thing and it's different, you you might be let down. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, you I, as a person that had the more real experience with that, what did you think? 
I mean, I I I think that the the dialogue is the best part of the movie, and I I think, yeah, I I, I mean, I can't really imagine cutting those big, drawn out, intense dialogue scenes down. So I think you could have made a really entertaining movie that was more focused around the bastards. Um, but I, yeah, I, th- I think, I think, we, I think he, I, th- I think what we got was probably the, the right balance. Um, yeah. And I think I can see why it took so long with like the subject matter and it's such a fine line to, to walk when you're doing something like this. And I think if it had been like a, a bastard centric movie, I really don't. I don't think it would have come. I wouldn't have enjoyed it very much. Like even if the scenes yeah. were fun, I think tonally and just what was happening, I think that would be just have been overindulgent. And I just don't. I think it would have gone too far into the like making a what was a horrible war, um, like fun and like you know something yeah. that you can like. I don't. You know. I think having the other elements into it helped balance it so much. Where you get so much more of like the people and like you get to see a lot of like some of like the pain and terribleness right. of the war. And so I think it, it needs it needs that counterbalance. Um, yeah. As opposed to all you can't just have all fun military bastard scalping people scenes. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. What do you think? Do you think that the movie as we have it, do, it isn't like is an appropriate treatment of the subject matter. Um, you know, I, be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What did you say? I feel like there are a couple things that you could find, uh, problematic about it. Obviously the, the like extreme historical inaccuracy. Um, and then also the, the, you know, taking a subject, uh, like world war two and the Holocaust and treating it, you know, comically but also kind of treating it as like turning it into a like a western um or kind of yeah um and 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 i guess also the just the like it's clearly like a celebration of like revenge and you know just here's we're gonna give uh the you know i i i think tarant the way tarantino's probably thinking about it like I'm going to have this like total wish fulfillment movie where Jewish people just get to be as absolutely violent as possible to Nazis. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. Did any of those things uh, bother you or do you, do you think it's, uh, do you think it's appropriate uh, given the subject Yeah. Matter? And I guess the, the, and this is where I think it's super personal as far as like, whether this movie will work for someone or not. I mean, just any movie with this subject matter, that's just for some people, which is totally understandable. It's just not going to be the movie for them. And it's maybe, yeah, I, you know, and it just depends on like how, I think a lot of it depends on like how you process something. Right. So I think like to, to me personally, I don't think it, crosses any lines or does anything and i think but again it's me very very me personally and a lot of the reason for that is i think in the way i process things i think that in a weird way of something like this can sometimes 
be a better way of approaching a subject like this instead of like uh um saving private ryan i don't know if i don't always think that that's necessarily the most like respectful way of handling even though that's like a movie of a serious tone like i don't necessarily think that like yeah i guess that that type of a movie i i don't know what i'm getting from that and if that's really like the right treatment of the subject matter to to be honest Um, right and yeah Sorry, I don't know. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, you go. Because I'm, I'm kind of struggling to kind of finish <laughs> to really oh. pin down this thought. So <laughs> that's OK. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think one thing I do like about Tarantino is he he doesn't try to be like high minded. He kind of I, I think he just like, you know, he kind of tries to to uh, really draw out people's like sadistic impulses and kind of make you celebrate it but also you know maybe make you feel uncomfortable about it at the same time um because because he makes it so you know gory with the scalping and and so uh over the top with like killing the the french translator and um yeah i um yeah and i guess kind of going off of that and i think when you finish the movie, I don't really think that there's any character in the movie that's portrayed as like this was like a, the, no one's a hero in this movie. Yeah, um, which I think can be a good way of approaching. We're like even like the Americans. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're scalping people. <laughs> it's not like I, I don't think the movie's ever trying to tell us that like Aldo Rain is like this upstanding citizen or something in a, a you know a, um bastion of justice in the world <laughs> i so i i think by kind of doing that it's more like i mean obviously like the nazis are the worst people in the movie <laughs> yeah for sure but it's it's not like trying to like yeah it's not trying to have like some huge morality thing is like right we're so much better like when you're looking back at something like this it's not trying to like say me this person in the two thousands, I can just, you know, looking down on a bunch of, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I'm just like establishing like these great heroes of a thing. I just, yeah. Right. I, I think since it does that, I think it helps. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I think too, I mean, we talked about this already, but I, I think that the, it does the way that it portrays some of these, uh, Nazis as like, like showing someone who is so, powerful and who can like you know act who can like put on a front of uh being so so great such a gracious guest or like such a like a benefactor but at the same time everyone kind of has to bend to their will i i do think i think that's at least something Mm -hmm. that, that maybe you know captures some some truth about like what conditions might have been like um and I think, I guess the other thing, a big part of why I like this movie a lot more than Django Unchained is I think with Django Unchained, at least from some interviews that I've uh, read and listened to of Tarantino and some of what I've read of the reviews, people were acting like his depiction of slavery was historically accurate. And I don't think anyone did that with Inglorious Bastards. And mm-hmm. I think it's like clear from the movie that it's not 
like I think well it before says he, once upon a time in yeah a Nazi occupied France to start the movie. So it's from the beginning. It's not telling us this is real life. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so centered around movies. It's it has so many allusions to different mm-hmm. movies. I I think yeah. I, I part of part of why I, I can really enjoy this movie and in a way that I can't quite as much with um with Django Unchained is as I yeah I really think it's he's not this is presented as a fantasy um yeah, yeah so yeah and that, and, it, and then that's kind of I think part of the impact is that you know this isn't what actually happened you know yeah. we, we didn't get this um type of a victory in, in this war and it's very right. clear from the movie that it's yeah that this is you know the actual history was even worse than this um, right yeah and i, and I, I think, think that and I, yeah and i think that's like why this one and why Django and change is the worst is because i think in once upon a time in hollywood which i would say is like the other wish fulfillment history mm-hmm. adjuster that one also it finishes the movie instead of starting with the movie it finishes it with once upon a time in hollywood so yeah after that thing it finished on a very somber note where you know right this isn't how it actually went you know the right. people actually were killed and it was sad right <laughs> <laughs> and it was sad no but the worst i agree I, I think like the force of the the the, the force of the, the the movie like um it it, it relies on you knowing at least broadly how things actually went down in, in, in glorious mm-hmm. bastards and in once upon a time in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. like, that's so I, I think the fact that it re- kind of requires you to have some actual historical knowledge in order to, to feel the, uh, like the catharsis. I, I, um, yeah, I like, I think it, it does. It doesn't blur the line between, uh, mm-hmm. fiction and historical, uh, fact. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any, uh, uh, see any other big picture thoughts before we move on to nitpicks? Um, I think the w- couple things to just mention, I know we've already gone kind of long. There's just so much to talk about in so many yeah. of these scenes. I think they're yeah. just so well crafted. Um, talking about characters, you know, I think we've talked about it quite a bit as we've gone through, but I think got to mention like, you know, Christoph Waltz is Hans Landa. I just think is such an interesting portrayal of the character just all of his little like idiosyncrasies that he does um i just think his like delight in some of these scenes and just like yeah. entrapping people and making people so uncomfortable um I, it's just i think such an incredible performance i agree um what do you think about the other big performance in this movie um brad pitt as uh aldo rain yeah, I, I don't think this role requires the the range that Hans <laughs> yeah. requires. Yeah, um, so I think I think Brad Pitt does good with the role. Um, like yeah. I, I I really enjoy it as well. It's just yeah, it's just di- different different require things are required of the, the actors. I guess what would you yeah. say? Yeah, I I I really like him too. I I think it does kind of feel like the. The European actors are better, or, or I mean, well, Hans is like a—it's a big performance, but it is not so 
it, it doesn't feel quite as cartoonish as like I you know I, I feel like just about every European character, including the two maybe maybe not Stiglitz, although uh, even even he's is I don't know, they feel a little bit more like actual uh people. people. <laughs> um, whereas yeah, the the bastards uh are yeah, they, they feel yeah, a the, little the, they're definitely more there's cartoony. a separation between them and reality. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the accents and everything, I, I think yeah. That, um definitely um yeah <laughs> there's no <laughs> point in the movie when i think these are like real people yeah um, or whatever um, like you're yeah there's a clear line um yeah yeah but maybe yeah i don't know if i'm not sure if that's a bad thing i mean yeah. maybe it fits with uh just I think the it, way that it's trying to portray americans uh, yeah and i think it might help the movie like to ride the line of like not letting us make keeping us like aware of the fact that this is fantasy right yeah i I think if because if the other characters feel like more like real people and i think it's good to have them be the real people because they're especially like shoshana and some of those characters that are like dealing with more like real serious tragic stuff like have that person be the real person but then you have these guys to pull us out of the movie almost yeah um and make sure we're aware that yeah this this isn't real Um, right right. i'm not trying to like make a historical depiction of nazi occupied france (laughs) yeah um so i i think over now that i really think about it i think tonally i think it is the right call yeah no i I think i think you're probably right um and then lots of fun side character performances like just sprinkled throughout the entire and so many good actors I know. This movie's stacked out of its mind with actors. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Michael Fassbender is, (laughs) he, I'd probably, he's, he might even be my favorite performance in the movie. As much as I think uh, Christoph Waltz is amazing. I don't know, at least on this rewatch, I was just, and I remember the first time I watched it too, just being enraptured by him um but do you have any 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 side performances you want to just quickly note i mean um as far in addition to the ones we've already you know talked about yeah at length yeah i mean obviously like the bear juice mate amazing oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's that's one of my one of one of the best um i think oh um i really like major hellstrom um yeah one i think his just uncomfortableness and everything i and just the his shifts and like i'm gonna kill you we're having a good time is just so 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 good um yeah yeah all right yeah what about you oh i i mean he was yeah and as long as we covered him i i i I think i think we we've we've covered enough um (laughs) but yeah i Um, oh, okay. The French guy too. The Le Petit. Yeah. I, I think he does such a good job of being uncomfortable and trying to tr- trying to keep those feelings at bay. Um, yeah. But uh, there's so many more. But I, let's should we move on to nitpicks? Let's do it. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you have any anything you want to start with? <laughs> I, I didn't write any nitpicks down. I, okay. mean, I think we we got through some stuff. I think probably just thinking back on it while we were going through it's 
whether the theater you could escape the theater or not is my biggest <laughs> question. Um, yeah, because like, they locked the back doors. Could you have gotten out through the front if you'd gone around the screen? Were the flames in the way? Is that what they were doing? So like, <laughs> you're not going to get past the flames, so then he can escape out the back. That's what I think I've decided. Mate. Is yeah, that, that, they're I counting think, it as no one's going to decide to jump through the flames, even though they probably could have gotten around it. But they're not going to think it like looked that. like. Yeah, it looked like he probably could. All right. So I um, okay. So also, I yeah, think Hitler could have escaped or whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my my first nitpick. I, I have a couple related to the bar. Maybe I could okay. just take them, put them both out. Let's do it. So, um. Michael Fassbender's character, he didn't really need to talk at all. I, I think given that he had such a bad accent, and surely they would have known that. One of the 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 German or the Austrian guy would have pointed that out. I I think if they were really being smart, he like when he was when they were interacting with the the Germans in the bar, he just would have kept his mouth shut. And and I don't think there was ever a time when he had to talk until he starts like he doesn't have to talk until he starts talking and then they hear how weird his accent is and then they start pestering with questions but before that there was no reason that he had to talk yeah Um, and and this is yeah and that's the whole the whole point is the hubris of the british people right so that's why we've that's why we've had this scene before um, where they've we've set them up as so overconfident with their like super exaggerated right, pop, okay. cross British accents, and so he goes in there. He's like not needed at all, but he's gonna because he's, he feels so self important. He's like Bond. It's like Bond going in and like, uh, hey everyone, I'm Bond. Yeah, you know, like like, like I'm literally James Bond, and right. like we're gonna have this, we're gonna gamble or something, and right. have this scene that's like I didn't need to do this. <laughs> but I'm so, such an overconfident British agent. And so I think that it's really the movies kind of like making fun of them there. And like, okay, that's if, if we, all right. I, I would, I would draw, doing, I redact my nitpick. All right, and um, the fact that they're doing like ridiculous British spy stuff where they're meeting in this public place. Like, yeah. If we're really looking at and obviously they should just meet at the bastards hideout, like, or something. Yeah, right. They know. had a hideout. Like, it doesn't seem like she was being watched that closely. I think she could have. No snuck away for a few minutes um yeah if we're if we're being honest but i think it's 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 more just like the hubris of the british and like they have their big plan and they, yeah. they've set it all up and that they've got their they've got their guy and he, he's so gonna go in and save the day <laughs> yeah so that you could just imagine that scene as bond just going into a situation <laughs> where things don't actually work exactly. out the way yeah yeah. Okay. Bond, Bond got faced with Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so it really didn't and work he just out. Gets it's, wiped out. It's not the man for the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. I. I mean, I okay. think it's. Yeah. I think it's worth so, it for the joke. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I'm. I'm with you now. All right. Here's my other uh, um, tavern nitpick. Okay. Um. Wh- why didn't they get rid of the incriminating evidence? Why didn't they get rid of Bridget's? Um, he, uh, they they leave one of her high heels there, and they also leave that note. I feel like they should have at least looked around a little bit first to see if there was anything like that there. Um, yeah. Sloppy work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Definitely very sloppy work. 
<laughs> All right, night. Well, I'm glad <laughs> yeah, those, those weren't even like Hans didn't even have to do like some insane Sherlock Holmes detecting. That was yeah. just like a thing that was like, hey, me, Bridget von Hammersmark was in this tavern. Yeah. I'm the other person that wasn't here or that was yeah. in here that escaped. Exactly. <laughs> and I left my heel to make sure that you knew that I was also here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, okay, I so at my, some point you just need the movie to move fast. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. So my next, and this is my last nitpick. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the most part, I think the movie does a good job of providing a reason why characters are speaking in English when they're mm-hmm. not native English speakers. <laughs> but I found it confusing that Shoshana in her revenge uh little video she speaks in english she knows she's addressing a primarily german audience so why not speak in german can she speak german i would think that she i mean she doesn't have a lot to say right so i would think that she could take you know like she really wants them to know that she's getting revenge on them. Wouldn't she take <laughs> the time to just learn a few German sentences? Yeah, so, so yeah, definitely. I would be doubtful that all of them spoke English. Uh, yeah, that that's for sure. There, there's well, I mean, if you, if you really want to look at it, so well, I mean, so we have her in the German office. You know, Zoller. They speak English the whole time, or whatever. Um, wait, what? Much. Oh wait, no, they speak French. They speak Never French. Yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. For that, she just thought. She's more comfortable in her English. <laughs> I mean, I think she should have just spoken her native French over English. Like, it, yeah. if she couldn't do German, just stick with French. Hey, English is the international language, man. I don't, I don't make the rules. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's definitely like probably more than two thirds of the people in there don't know what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just like, uh, yeah. what's the German word for what? Uh, I don't know. Das? I don't know. No, that's not. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not. You're. I know nothing about German. I'm yeah. trying to remember. In the movie, does he speak German? Or is does he speaking who speak English? German? Does Zoller like in the like movie within oh. the movie? I think he is speaks his, German some to Goebbels. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm like so bad at recognizing this because I just watch so much subtitled, so many subtitled oh. things that I'm just so used to it that like. Whether they're subtitled or not almost is unnoticeable to me. So I yeah. like it's I, I just didn't pick up on that type of stuff very well. Cause like yeah, I almost don't even it's like I don't even notice that I have to read the subtitles. My yeah. brain just goes into subtitle mode and I like literally could barely even tell you when like they're speaking in English versus it's just being subtitled. It just all processes is the same for me. So yeah, I really didn't. Right. There's probably there could even be more. And now I'm like, now I kind of want to find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it definitely didn't. I think the first time I saw this movie, I had I hadn't seen many movies with subtitles, so it was it felt like a little bit more of a chore. This mm-hmm. time it, it didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it, just for maybe the reason she's speaking English is just Tarantino's audience is primarily English speakers. <laughs> And he wants them to have the satisfaction of hearing her, uh, you know, say mm-hmm. her, you know, get her spiel out in yeah. English. Yeah, uh-huh. well, she she knows she knows the bastards are there, and they only speak yeah. English. So yeah. she's trying to really be accommodating. Exactly. 
Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just because he just wanted that to be like as impactful as possible or whatever. Yeah. And he thought it would play better. Yeah. And maybe like if that was made, maybe he wanted to, and maybe that was like the studio wanted it to, you know, you never know. Like, especially in 2009, like I think audiences in general were, they're slowly like American audiences are becoming more accepting of subtitles. But, you yeah, know, I think for when it did come out, it was a pretty big deal that like how much of it was subtitled. Um, right. That right. certainly turned some people off. So I'm guessing like there was some could have been some like pushback of like, oh, we we need to get as much of this in English as possible. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. People don't like reading or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess one final thing you could say to defend the English is that. uh Hans uses English to um, cover what he's doing when he kills her family. <laughs> so maybe it wow. was a way of getting back at Hans. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's that's genius. To, to be honest, oh, <laughs> full <thank> circle. <laughs> yeah, we finished where we started. Exactly. But then and then they don't understand what's going on, but they have to suffer. Yeah, so exactly. So it's like how she felt, where she exactly. didn't hear them. But yeah. they were talking about her doom. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely nicely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was maybe I'm just was dumb, but was there parts in the movie where they were speaking German and there just weren't subtitles? There were like, yeah. A good um, a bunch of parts of the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's especially in this part uh with uh the the chapter three with Shoshana. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a big part of why that is is because we're not supposed yeah. to find out what they're talking about until, yeah. and maybe also it's a bit of like trying to put us in Shoshana's shoes because yeah. presumably she doesn't exactly. speak German. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, that, that, that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy and like remembering that wrong. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it did. It, it was a little jarring to me later in the movie when they did. There was like people spoke German and it was subtitled because I yeah. was just had gotten used to it not being subtitled. Right, I don't right. think they, they also didn't subtitle it in the opening scene either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, that's a really cool idea where like we're, cause we're supposed to be with like these characters that don't speak German. But I guess it makes sense yeah. that later on in the movie when it was two Germans talking to each other or whatever, right. that we could have it subtitled. I well, never really thought about that logic. Yeah. And when, when we're seeing Hitler in chapter two, mm-hmm. we get the German subtitles. Yeah, there. that's true. So, wow. yeah. Man, I learned um, something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I did have one final thought. Um, I know we've been going for a while, but um, it, at the start, uh, Hans is proud of his nickname, the Jew Hunter. He says, you know, he's proud of it because he earned it. But then, in the scene with him and Aldo and the little man, he he kind of uh, he kind of dismisses his nickname. He's like, it's just a name that stuck. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any idea why he? Yeah, why so, he no I mean, longer I likes his name? I think this is this is his character progression. So that first scene, that's four years plus before yeah. this later scene, right? And so mm-hmm. I think this shows um, the like rise and fall of of the Germans, basically, because that's at oh. the begin- That's very. That's much more early on in the war, and so he's like super confident, and he's you know taking pride in that. And then this is the point when he's a smart guy. 
And so he sees the writing on the wall that yeah. like they're going to lose the war. And they've already they mentioned in the movie like the Americans are on the beach. So we we get that right. um, piece in there. So we know that like the momentum in the war is turning. Um, and so that's where I think he sees that. And he's trying to distance now try to distance himself for, from that. Um, so we, that that's kind of him showing his his true colors. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking about Inglorious Bastards. I'm excited to continue in this series on um, whatever uh, <laughs> fancy directors. <laughs> Uh, exactly who are still alive or something who are still alive (laughs) who who we felt like watching a movie from yeah i guess yeah well so yeah yeah, so continue we're going to continue with this not sure who we're going to cover next week but stay tuned and um yeah uh if you want to get in touch with us our twitter is um at movies with heart um our our email is movies full of heart at gmail and um Feel free to leave us a five-star review on your um, podcasting platform of choice. Uh, no if more, so no fun. less. <laughs> yeah, don't bother with four stars or less. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.